Hi everyone, welcome to the Oro podcast where we discuss all things health, fitness and wellness and hopefully provide you with some takeaways to start implementing right away. My name's Matt and I'll be your host. I've been involved with the fitness industry for around five years. I'm a qualified PT and I'm also a Czech professional. So today we have Lucy, former head coach of the Windrush Triathlon Club and a London-based personal trainer. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into what you're doing now, and just give us a little bit of background? Hello. Um, so I probably was somebody like lots of listeners who wasn't into fitness at all when I was younger. Um, I remember I used to go for runs sometimes at the weekend as I went through university. I'd sometimes go to the gym, but I certainly wasn't the sort of person who was in all the t- school squads and everything. Um, I remember I had on my CV training for the London Marathon for about five years in a row and I probably did one or two runs in those times. But I always knew I wanted to do it, but I really lacked the confidence to think I could do it. I didn't know how to go about it. In those days, I'm quite old, so in those days there wasn't the internet. You couldn't find out all that kind of resources and everything. And it was actually a friend who got me into running and then um, I started training with him. He'd done marathons before and he kind of gave me that confidence to go out and start running and say, yeah, I can do a marathon. So I did a marathon with him, I then did another one, and then I got more and more into it from that. And from that realized that you just need to go out there and you need to start doing it, and everybody can do it. Um, And that kind of got me more into wanting to help other people to discover that they could also do it, give them the confidence to do it, give them some of the information they needed to be able to do that. And from that, I started getting into personal training. And then from that, I always thought, oh, can I do a triathlon? No, only really fit people can do a triathlon. Did my first triathlon, loved it, gave up on the running for a bit because it's much easier to do lots of swimming and cycling than having to do all the running. And from there, ended up um, getting more and more into it, became a personal trainer, became a triathlon coach, um, being the head coach for Windrush for the last few years, which is really exciting. We're a club that's about getting people on that journey, giving them the confidence to start doing things, realise what they can do and take it from there. Yeah, brilliant. So you mentioned there that a lot of people have, I guess, uh, misconceptions about how difficult running is. And they often over-exaggerate it. They'll tell themselves a story in their heads, oh, it's so so difficult. How do you help people overcome that? Or what are some other common misconceptions associated with long distance running and or triathlons? I think people always go, oh, I'm not a runner. And everybody's a runner. You know, most of us have the ability to run. It's about getting that confidence, starting to do it. I think the biggest problem with anything to do with fitness is people always say, yes, I'm going to do that. On Monday, I'm going to start that. Or next week, I'm going to start that. Just get out there and start doing it. People do get injured running. It is a high impact sport. So you do need to be careful. You need to build up slowly. So rather than going, okay, I'm going to go start running today and I'm going to go out and I'm going to run for 30 minutes and it feels awful and I'm so out of breath and it feels really hard, but I'm going to do that 30 minutes. Far better to go out, do two minutes running, 30 seconds walking, two minutes running, 30 seconds walking. You know, it depends on your level of fitness, but building up slowly, not doing more, you know, don't run before you can walk, but don't, building up slowly, but keeping the consistency, not going out, getting really excited for the first week, run too much, then get absolutely knackered or get injured and then give up for the next month. So taking a day off in between, just building up a little bit more each time and Based on that, not everybody's going to be able to get to the you know the finish line. People do have sort of inherent weaknesses or whatever, but most people, the majority of people out there, if they stick at it, if they treat themselves kindly and build up, then they can do it. Yeah. I love that you said also that 
everyone's a runner. Yep. And there's been a lot of research recently that's indicated that actually humans have an evolutionary advantage over other animals because over long distances, we can last far longer. Whereas yep. a, lot, a lot of other animals are so fast twitch. They can do the sprint, all, yeah. but they can't do the long run. Yeah, yeah, we have to run and now chase those animals. Yeah. So. yeah, and you can see that, I think, was it the, I haven't read it, but the book called Born to Run that yep. examines the, yep. the, the tribe in, in Mexico yep. where you have these people into their 70s, 80s and just, that running, are just and running, running and running and running every single yeah. day. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that anybody else, any of us could go out and do that tomorrow, yeah. but if we always did it and if we didn't spend, and this is one of my big bugbears, we spend all our time sitting down at a desk, we end up getting very tight, we end up sort of underdeveloped muscles that we do need. So we do need some spent, we do need to spend some time restoring that balance in our life. But mm. yeah, potentially all of us genetically originally were able to go and run after, after our prey all day, not all day, but yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So in regards to, training specifically, whether it be 5K, 10K, triathlon, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make? I'm focusing more on the, the beginner or say your yep. casual athlete when they're training for these programs. What are some of the big, biggest mistakes? I think overdoing it. So yeah. people, the, the biggest piece of advice I would always say is follow a plan. And it doesn't have to be, you know, there is no perfect plan, but what a plan gives you is A, it builds you up slowly. So it doesn't say, oh, I'm free this Saturday and I've got time to go out and do a really long run, so I'll do a really long run. It says you're at the beginning of your training, so start off where you're at and build up from that. Mm. So the, the key to a plan is that gradual build that builds as your fitness builds, as the strength in your body builds, um, but also making sure that you're consistent. So a plan will make sure that you say it's three days a week, you in theory, each week will think, when can I get those three runs in? And if you don't have that plan, whether it's just something you've scribbled on the back of the piece of paper, stuck it to the fridge, or whether it's something, you know, a professionally written plan, but if you don't have that plan, you'll find it so hard to remember to get those all those runs in. So it's not just the long run at the weekend, you need those runs in the middle of the week. So yeah, the biggest mistake people make is to either not have a plan or to think that they'll be able to do it themselves. You know, it's so much better to have that structure, but then people do too much too soon and get injured or just get bored with it and find it too hard or people go I can't run 5k right now therefore I can't do a 5k race exactly that's the point of the plan it's to get you up to 5k yeah. for some people it's to get you there faster for some people it's to get you there full stop um, but just building up slowly and consistently not doing too much too soon and getting disheartened getting injured um, yeah that yeah. would be the biggest thing yeah and doing too much too soon is just one of, one of the biggest mistakes I, I see people doing is you, you're trying to go from zero to one without all the, the fillers yeah. in between yeah. and it, you're effectively just asking for, for failure at that point because Completely. there's a very small fraction of the population that are Olympic athletes they train day in day out yeah. so if you're trying to go out and replicate Jessica Ennisil or whoever else yeah. from day one it's not it's not going to happen and hence you say why the, having the importance of a structured plan there is to get you to running 5k not to run 5k straight off, off exactly, the bat exactly so, exactly yeah that's that's and then i say the other thing to bear in mind and again i've sort of already mentioned it slightly but that you need to warm your body up for it. And lots of people warm up for a run by running. People run a little bit slower before they run a bit faster. And if you're doing loads of sprints, yes, you need to do some slower run before you get there. But spending some time, as I say, we spend all our time, or most of us spend all our time sitting down. We get very tight in our hips. Our glutes end up almost being turned off because we're not using them in that sitting position. 
Um, so spending some time doing some mobility work before you go out and run, making sure that your body's just loosened up a bit so that it can move, you know, going back to those people chasing the animals through the hills or whatever, we can move as nature intended it rather than as it's become because we've just spent so much time sitting down. So yeah, spending a little bit of time loosening up, doing some mobility work. If anything's feeling tight, doing some foam rolling or stretching before you go, or less stretching, more just sort of loosening out the muscles, getting the joints moving and everything. Mm. Yeah, and the mobility, I guess, is something that I'm fascinated by. And it's it's just a, a shame that modern society has left us with a bunch of chronically tight people <laughs> yeah. who sit, sit down all day. Yeah. Interestingly, though, at least from what I've found working with people, it doesn't take as long as you think no. to get I guess somewhat limber yep. um, it's just a basic stretching mobility practice you don't yep. even have to do it every day I nope. generally recommend 10 to 15 minutes start with 3 to 4 times a week yep. and then over time and I'd, I'd say from what I've seen average about a month to 6 weeks you can for example gradually um, reduce your squat depth you can get into a, a full squ- sitting yep. squat it's not essential for everyone but yeah just to give people an idea that it doesn't take as no, long as you definitely actually think. not I would make it part of practice if you're doing running if we're talking specifically running I would make it part of your run training yep. so I'd agree with you 3 or 4 times a week I'd say more the better in some yep. things and it depends how tight that person is and it depends how long you're spending sitting or whatever it is that's kind of getting your body out of balance but yeah definitely it's not this onerous oh my god God, I'm going to have to spend all my time mm. doing it. Um, but if you make it part of your routine, I'm going out for a run. I'm going to do some mobility work, loosening up the muscles that are going to be tight that I need to be looser for running and also doing a little bit of engagement work. So um, getting your glutes to engage, just getting those postural muscles at the back there to engage so you're mm-hmm. not sort of you know, rounded forwards at your shoulders the whole time. Just spending a little bit of time on that before you go out and run is going to make a lot of difference to your run. And people always say to me, oh, but I don't have time. Then cut the run five minutes short. Mm. If you're doing a 40-minute run or a 45-minute run, it's not going to make a massive difference. Don't cut it short every single week, but it's not going to make a massive difference. Why go out and do 45 minutes worth of running if you're not doing it to the best of your abilities? If your glutes aren't engaging because they've been switched off because you've just been spending all your time sitting down, why go out and do that run without the sort of most fatigue-resistant group of muscles working with you helping mm. you do that run so yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and what would you say is some of the most common injuries that you see as a result of type muscles um when, when people are, are running um i mean specifically as a result re- sorry result of tight muscles i'd say that if people's adductors so the muscles down the inside of your legs are tight mm. um that can it's, it's difficult to explain without sort of doing it visually, but that can lead to your like. If you see people running and their knees are kind of almost brushing mm. in, that sometimes can be due to tightness um, down the inside of the legs. That can also be due to the muscles sort of at the outside of your glutes not being switched on, sort of almost pulling yeah. you back out. Um, and then that can lead to injuries at the knee, ITB, um, IT bit, IT bit, IT band yeah. syndrome, um, things like that. Um, if you're tight at the hips, then you'll often find it hard to be able to run sort of so straight so your glutes aren't engaging, you're not getting the power, you're not mm-hmm. pulling the leg back behind you. And if the leg's not coming back behind you, you try and build length into the stride with your leg coming out more in front of you. And this is getting a bit technical, probably too technical to go into. But if the foot's coming out too far in front of you, then you end up overstriding. You end up with that leg landing or the foot landing in front and all the impact going into the joints. And then you end up with knee injuries again. So knee injuries tend to be the most common injuries for runners lots of different reasons and that's very sort of skirting over mm. the issues but but take home message loosen up those muscles you'll be running yeah. better it'll feel better to you as well and then you're less likely yeah. to get injured and one of the other uh, tight muscles that i see 
very often is the psoas or yep. hip, hip flexor. Sorry, so that's bit, part yeah. of what I was saying yeah. there, about If you're too tight there, then your glutes aren't going to be engaging yeah. and that's where you end up without getting the length at the back of the stride because yeah. you can't get the leg back behind you exactly because your hip flexors, yeah. the muscles at the front of your hip are too tight and then you end up trying to put the length in at the front. Yeah. So, yeah. And of course, if most people are spending their days sat down as we are, as exactly, we are now, as we are now. <laughs> it's, it's going to be con contracted. Exactly. And, and so... If, if you're doing that day in, day out, it's only going to get tighter and tighter exactly. over time. So you have to do some work to yep. uh, loosen that. So that, I would uh, say the what if, if you had no time at all, probably the one thing I would do before I went out for a run is the hip flexor stretch. Yep. So sort of kneeling down, one knee out in front as if you're about to propose and then just gently stretching through the hip flexors at the mm -hmm. front there. Yeah, and so it brings me on to next topic, yep. which I you can actually just see this walking around observing people mm. down the down the street you don't have to watch don't watch everyone <laughs> but so collapsed arches seems to be quite a common problem yeah. and it's actually easy to see if you look at someone's shoe so uh, it's difficult to explain but if you imagine so this is my right foot it would mean that my right the inside of my right shoe would be partially towards the ground um, you can just see it. See it. I, I say rough estimation: sixty to seventy percent of people have that, and you can see it on their shoes walking down mm -hmm. the street. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more yeah. or less, just an estimate yeah. in my head. Um, you, obviously, that can cause problems yep. when you're running. What, what do you? recommend as a remedy? So it would depend on how severe that is. You can certainly get support in terms of your shoes. I'm not a big fan of going out and using a shoe to fix a problem. I'd much rather your body or you work with your body to yeah. overcome that issue. If somebody's got very pronounced issues, there may be a bit more of support through the shoe. Um, but I also think that running shops, running shoe shops make a lot of money by telling you you have an issue that you probably don't have or it's not yeah. that big an issue. Um, but so um, the main thing there is to build up the um, support in the arch. So if you think of the arch being the kind of inside of your foot and if you put your foot down on the floor and then try and raise that arch up towards the ceiling mm. or towards your shin... At first, you may get cramp, or at first, you may not even feel it happening. If you can't feel it happening, try putting your fingers underneath the arch there so you can feel it coming through. Yeah. Um, and just try and get that arch raising up towards the ceiling. So you're building that muscle up. So rather than it being collapsed and just kind of flat on the floor, it's starting to raise up. As I say, people often get cramped when they first do it because they just mm. don't even know they had any muscles in the foot there. Um, making sure you're not screwing up the toes. It's not about just screwing the foot up and bringing the toes in. You keep the toes down, you keep the heels down, but you're just raising that arch up towards the ceiling. Yeah. And just starting off, as with everything, you start off at the beginning. So if you've never done it in your life before, it'll feel quite an effort. Just do a few on each foot. Some people find it easier to go left, right, left, right. Yeah. Um, then starting to build it in. You can do balance work, standing on one leg trying to get that arch going as you're walking thinking about it just building up so one is building up the strength like being aware that there's muscles there and starting to use those muscles um, and then the other is actually remembering to engage it so it's no good just sitting at your desk and doing it all the time but you go out on the run and you go straight back to being flat-footed again so just becoming more aware of it and thinking about it as you run but being really careful that that doesn't turn into just screwing the toes up it's thinking about drawing that muscle up yeah. um, so there's loads of other things but that would be the basic thing yeah. to Would you ever with. recommend things like massage balls under the feet? 100% yeah. but I mean that's dealing with the 
that's not dealing with the root cause. That's yeah. dealing with the outcome of it. So yeah, getting a golf ball is the best one for your feet. A yeah. golf ball, stick it under your desk at work. Um, hope you, a person sitting next to you doesn't think you're trying to play footsie with them, but <laughs> just put in, take your shoes off. And sorry, with that arching, with the doming, it's a lot easier to do with your shoes off initially, but then obviously you need to learn to do it with your shoes on as well if you're mm-hmm. going to be running or whatever. Um, but yeah, just get that golf ball out and just be rolling the bottom of your foot. I'm really big into rolling, foam rolling and everything, um, but a golf ball is really good for getting into your foot. Brilliant. Slightly different direction now. Mm -hmm. One of the major topics that a lot of people want to know about is nutrition. Yeah. What are some of the biggest nutrition myths you see out there and mistakes people make? I would say, again, and I'm sounding repetitive, but this is based on all the experience I have working with people. With So if we're talking nutrition and we're talking sort of weight loss or trying to change or body composition, that sort of thing, not wait until Monday, not wait until next week, starting now. If you want to make a change and whether that's about being active, about diet, whatever, don't wait until you've bought all the supplements you think you need for this diet till you've got everything perfectly lined up till you've got, you know, next week my boss is away, I'm going to have time to do this. You need to make it part of your life. So start now, it won't be perfect. Don't try and aim for perfection, just try and make the changes you know. Most of us know the changes we need to yeah. make. Some of them it's about having the right the right um information, but most of us know that the crisps that we ate last mm. week were not good for us. They had pretty much no nutritional value and they were a load of empty calories for us. So we know that if we cut them out, so you don't need to wait until Monday when you've got the right protein bars in your cupboard to be able to cut the crisps out. Mm. Um, So doing what you know you need to do, um, telling other people about it because then it becomes harder to kind of fall back and, you know, go and get that packet of crisps or whatever it is. Mm. Um, And not worrying. There's so many fads out there. There's so many, this is what you need to eat. That's what you need to eat. Some of it's true, some of it's not. Some of it's true up to a point. Some of it depends. It'll be right for you. It won't be right for me. Don't always listen to what your friend did and your friend lost this much. A, your friend lost that much. That's their body type. Maybe theirs is different to yours. But also they might have lost that much. Did they keep it off afterwards or did they put it back on after they, you know, been through the diet or whatever? So just deciding what works for you, getting on with it, not worrying about whether you've got the perfect information and do I need 55 grams of this or 20 grams of that. Getting your basics right is going to work for most of us. Portion control, it's not all about, you know, what we're building it up from. It's making sure if you feel too full at the end of the meal, you're probably eating too many calories. Um, And being aware so many people snack and we end up turning to the bad stuff, the crisps or the sweets Mm. or whatever, anticipating that. It's fine to snack, but thinking in advance, what am I going to have? Something that's high protein, that's something that's healthy, rather than turning for the easiest thing that gives us that short-term sugar rush, energy rush, but leaves us feeling you know, not good afterwards. Yeah, I, I think there were two really important things that you mentioned there. So one of them being the short-term diet approach. And for me, the word diet, or at least when people say, oh, I'm going on a diet, that only implies it's for the short term. Exactly. So is it actually sustainable? Well, probably not if you're yep. dr- dramatically dropping your calories or just trying a, a whole bunch of new foods that you've never tried before. Yep. Unlikely that you're going to sustain that. So 100%. what works is something that you enjoy and makes you feel happy and healthy and you can keep going um, with over, over the long, exactly. long period. Exactly. It's got to be about your life. So it's not a diet, it is your lifestyle. Mm. And it's got to be something. You might make some more changes right at the beginning to give yourself that kickstart and because you need to big, make a big change to your lifestyle. But it's got to be something that you can live with forever. It's got to be something that lasts beyond the first 30 days, beyond the first week or something. It's about integrating it into your life. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, and then the other thing that you mentioned, which uh, has just skipped <laughs> my mind, let me come back to it, was, so hang on, diet, uh, long-term, 
you were saying? What, what was the other thing you were saying? Um, it was really not, important not point. Not wait till Monday, not, the, not go with the latest fads. Not the latest fads. I'll, I'll, I'll come come back to it. I'll uh, yeah, remind myself um, later. So next thing, again, slightly different topic, but a lot of people, I, I say w- women especially, have some a lot of blocks in their head about weight training. Could you just address some of those straight off off the bat? The, the number one thing that comes to me is that weight training is going to make me huge, muscly, and bulky. Yeah. yeah. So women, different women have different body types. Yeah. Um, or different different people have different body types. I don't have to put in a lot of effort, and I put on muscle. People always go, "Oh, you know, what do you do with your arms?" I swim. I don't do much more than that. I do some strength and stability stuff, but um, I swim really badly, and therefore it takes yeah. me more effort to do it. But other people would be doing that and wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't get sort of definition in their arms. So everybody's bodies are different. Again, don't look at what worked for everybody else. Treat your body with the respect it needs, and learn what works for it. Um, but yeah, women generally will not bulk up like a man would unless they're taking, you know, probably illegal things in order to do that. Um, most women um, work out with weights that are far too light in the gym. So you'll mm. see a woman there doing whatever it is, bicep curl with a sort of 3K weight or something and she'll be there for 20 minutes and she's still doing it. Yeah. And that is cardio. If that's yeah. doing anything, it's basically cardio exercise. You're exercising, it's getting your heart rate up a bit, but it is not developing your muscle. Decide what your goal is. Why why are you doing weights in the first place? Generally, um, if you're doing it because you're trying to increase your muscle mass, because when we have more muscle in our body, we burn more calories even when we're sitting there at rest or whatever, we need to build that muscle mass. So we need to be working with weights that are high enough, or sorry, heavy, heavy enough, fewer reps, heavier weight, in order to get that change in the muscle to get a bigger muscle so that we're building up the muscle mass in our body. We then need to make sure it's progressive. So we don't, if we did 4K for 10 reps, this week, we need to make sure we're doing more next week. Otherwise, our body's just going to plateau. Our body only gets stronger or more fit if we challenge it to do something it hasn't done before. So if it's doing exactly what it did for the last week, it's not going to yeah. make any changes. So you're not going to get any change. So again, you're effectively, you're doing some exercise, you're getting your heart rate up a bit, but you're not actually building that muscle mass. Yeah. Um, People always worry about technique and doing it well. Of course, you need to do it with good technique. You don't want to get injured. Doing the mobility warm-up that we were talking about before, making sure you've got the right muscles engaged and you've got that movement to be able to do that movement. So you've got the movement at the joint to be able to do the movement that you're trying to do. Um, All really important. I'm not going to say you won't get injured, of course not, but actually I think people worry more about getting injured than they need to. Just taking that up and and pushing your boundaries. So, you know, if it feels hard, it's meant to. We're mm. trying to get a change in our body. So taking it to that kind of eight or nine out of ten level of exertion, first time you do it, feels really, really scary. And don't go straight out and do it straight off, build up to it. But yeah, we want to be working hard to get those changes. Yeah, I mean, certainly testing yourself you don't have to push your limits every single time you step in the, the gym but if you want to see improvements over time it's it's absolutely necessary yeah. and i mean i'm sure you see a lot of gyms great on the people that go there regularly and don't necessarily have a personal trainer or yeah. someone to help them but they literally do the same workout yeah. every single time they yeah, step in completely. the gym. And I don't know how they don't go <laughs> yeah. mad with boredom. Yeah. Um, and some people will stay lean if that was their their goal doing that. Um, but yeah, you need you need variety just to stop yourself getting bored. Yeah. Um, but you also need that progression to, to get better mm. changes or de- 
get to get changes in your body. Yeah, and the the variety is actually really important from a motivational pers- perspective as well. I mean, even ourselves. I mean, I'm sure you've been training for a really long time, myself as well. Yep. If I stick to the same routine for more than, I mean, for me, even say four to six weeks, yep. I, I start to get bored Completely. pretty quickly. And yep. because I'm not training for a specific goal, I just want to stay fit yep. and healthy, relatively strong. Yep. I, I change that up uh, over time. Yep. And what often people don't realize is that there's many different variations of similar exercise Completely. patterns. Completely. So for example, the press up, which is pretty common, most people know what it is. You can do a, a bunch of different things with that. So it could be varying the width of your grip. Completely. You could be doing a dive bomber press up. You could vary the the incline. So you can yeah go up. obviously incline will make it easier. De- decline yeah. is another possibility as well. So yeah, yeah tempo just, how yeah. how long it takes you to come down to the ground and push back up again. Yeah, yeah. so a million things. Yeah, yeah. reducing the rest period. Yeah. The, so so many different things. But of course, most people don't realize that it's actually not particularly difficult to to give you some pointers. I guess that's why we're here today. Yeah. So hopefully give give people some some useful information yeah. on, on those kinds of things. But yeah, weight training is, I guess my, my bias is more towards weight training. I guess my body type is suited suited yeah. for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's whatever you enjoy. If you're just training to be fit and healthy, then finding something that you can enjoy, that you enjoy and can sustain over a long period is, is what's most important yeah. for sure. Cool. So a couple more questions. What would you say is mo- most frustrating for you about the fitness industry in general, or what would you like to see change about it? I think the, the my one of my big sort of bugbears with the fitness industry, and it comes from lots of different routes, and it is the fact that so many people see fitness or working out essentially as a punishment for having eat the, eaten the cake or whatever it was. It's either a punishment or it's a, if I do this workout, then I can eat the cake, but they go together. Rather than I want to work out because I want to feel better, my body will mm. feel better, treating my body with respect, doing it because it's good for me and getting to the point where I enjoy it rather than, as I say, it just being this kind of punishment or this reward versus, um, yeah, something that allows you to have the reward at the end of it. Um, And as I say, I didn't come from a fitness background. I wasn't Mm. somebody who was always doing that. And yes, I'm probably, and I still, you know, I've, I've, did an Ironman a few weeks ago and when I had those long training runs to do and it's raining or it's boiling hot outside I wasn't going yay yippee I can't wait to go and put on my shoes (laughs) I feel so good and I'll feel so much healthier I really couldn't be bothered to go out and do it but you know long in the bigger picture I enjoy it it makes me feel better I'm happy that I'm giving my body what it needs in terms of nutrition in terms of the exercise in terms of that mobility work and everything Um, so yeah my biggest thing is that it's often and the, a lot of the marketing that goes along it is about making you feel, and I think it is particularly women, but it's definitely an issue for male and females, but feel guilty. It's all about aspiring to be this wonder body, mm. this thing that we most of us can't achieve, mostly because the photo you just saw was photoshopped to the hilt and nobody looks like yeah. that. But even if they did, you know, they're a professional model or they're a professional fitness person, whatever. The rest of us have day jobs and, you know, can't spend all our time doing that. So it's, it's leading us to aspire and to feel that we have to meet this ideal that for most of us we're not going to but we could just enjoy it a little bit more along the route yeah and what people don't realize about these cover model types is that often they can be some of the most anxious de- depressed people oh you can meet yeah and like like you say 
you you see that one snapshot of them on the cover, but you don't realise that they've effectively starved themselves for a few weeks. Their bodies are completely dehydrated for a few days until that point. Exactly. It's it's not particularly healthy. um, No. (laughs) At least for... for Psychologically as well as physically. So, yeah. Um, And yeah, and so many, you know, my clients will go, oh, look at her. She looks amazing. I'm like, yeah, she's in here about three times a day, Mm. every day. It's not that she just, you know, goes like that and feels like that. But do you want that? If you want that, we'll come in here three times a day. But you have your life, you have your family, you have your children, you have your things that you enjoy doing. Make fitness part of that. Make it part of your sort of what you do for enjoyment rather than just always aspiring to be a person you're never probably going to be. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Thank you very much, Lucy. I think we'll leave it there for now. We'll be back very shortly with Holly, who's got some Facebook questions from the Oro Fitness Group. So we'll be back in a bit. <laughs> 